Ezekiel chapter 47 this morning, verse 1. The word says, then he brought me back to the door of the temple. Say, back to the door. Back to the door. He brought me back to the door of the temple, and there was water flowing from under the threshold of the temple toward the east, for the front of the temple faced east. The water was flowing from under the right side of the temple south of the altar. He brought me out by way of the north gate and led me around on the outside of the outer gateway that faces east. And there was water running out on the right side. And when the man went out to the east with the line in his hand, he measured 1,000 cubits and he brought me through the waters. The water came up to my ankles Again, he measured 1,000 and brought me through the waters. This time, the water came up to my knees. Again, he measured 1,000 and brought me through the water that came up to my waist. And again, he measured 1,000 cubits, and it was a river that I could no longer cross, for the water was too deep. Water in which one must swim, a river that one could not cross. He said to me, Son of man, have you seen this? Then he brought me and returned me to the bank of the river. Verse 7. And when I returned there along the bank of the river, there were many trees on one side and on the other. Then he said to me, This water flows toward the eastern region, goes down into the desert valley, and enters the sea. When it reaches the sea, its waters are healed. And it shall be that every living thing that moves, wherever the river goes, shall live. There will be a very great multitude of fish, because these waters go there, for they will be healed. And everything will live wherever this river goes. It shall be that uh, it shall be that fishermen will stand by it from Engedi to Englahim. They will be places for spreading their nets. Their fish will be on the same kinds as the fish of the great sea, exceedingly many. But its swamps and marshes shall not be healed, for they will be given over to salt. Along the bank of the river on this side and that will grow all kinds of trees used for food, for leaves. Uh, their leaves will not wither, and their fruit will not fail. They will bear fruit every month because their water flows from the sanctuary. Their fruit will be fruit, and their leaves for medicine. Come on this morning. Aren't you so glad that the river of God is still rising? Aren't you so glad that the river is still flowing? Aren't you so glad? Aren't you so glad that the church isn't going down, but as the river rises, the church goes up with the river? I said, I said this morning, the church is not dying, but as the river rises, the church is gaining some strength in this hour. Amen. Uh, this text this morning, many will say that it is just an excerpt of Scripture uh, that is that is simply poetic, that is simply for entertainment in nature. But I want to let you know this morning that this word is not just poetic, but it is prophetic for the church this morning. It's prophetic uh, and the promise that God will send his power. Amen. It is prophetic of the promise that the river of God, it is his presence, it is his spirit, that there is joy in his presence. Amen. There is peace that passes all understanding when you get in this river. There is hope, there is joy, there is salvation, there is restoration, and there 
there's redemption in this river. If you're glad of that, would you just say amen with me this morning? Lord, we thank you today for your goodness. Open up our hearts and our ears to the word. May these words fall on some fertile souls today. And may it take root. And may it be like fire inside of their bones today. And we give you all the honor and the glory and the praise. And the church said amen. Amen and amen. In verse 1, this, the Bible says this morning that he brought me back to the door of the temple and there was water. He brought me back, meaning I've been here before, but he brought me back to the door. I am believing that God is about to open this is going to be a season of open doors. I'm believing with you that there's, this is going to be a season when God begins to open doors for his bride, when God begins to open doors for the church. I'm believing that it is an open door season. It's going to be open doors of breakthrough, amen, doors of deliverance, doors of supernatural provision, doors of expansion, doors of authority, and so often when we feel like we are in a season of, of slamming doors, but this season will be a door of open doors. And I'm believing that God is opening doors of revival in our city. Anyone with me today? I said, I am believing that there is a door in heaven that God has his hand on right now. And it says revival in Rome, Georgia. And he is opening up the door. Sons and daughters are going to walk through this door and and find him again. Marriages are going to walk through that door and be restored again. I want you to understand this, that this door that, that, that is in this passage and that we are talking about, according to the Gospels, it is Jesus. Understand this, that Jesus in the Gospels did not say, I am a door, but he said, I am the door. I am the only way. I am the only door that you will ever need. Legacy Church is a church that we still believe that Jesus is, uh, is the only door. Amen. We believe that Jesus is still the only way to the Father. And a lot of people will no longer claim this because it, is, it sometimes ruffles feathers and it's not politically correct to say that Jesus is the only door. But he he is the only door this morning. He's the only door to hope. He's the only door to joy. He's the only door to your peace. He's the only door to your sound mind. Amen. He's the only door to power. There is a door and his name is Jesus Christ. If you believe that Jesus is still the door, can you just say amen with me this morning? In this time that we live in, making a statement like that is somewhat bold and, and, can, and can ruffle feathers, as I said. Making a statement that Jesus is the only door can sometimes, by some groups, be uh, considered hate speech. And I was telling first service, I've been invited to some places to speak, uh, uh, preach, and to pray. And some of the places that would call me, I've often wondered, have you, uh, and I would ask them, 
have you ever heard me preach or pray because I just felt like my style did not match the style that they were. And when uh, sometimes they would be like, okay, yes, that's, that's fine. Uh, and then, but if I ever got to a place uh, where they said, yes, I've heard you, uh, but, but whenever you get here, I don't want you to preach that way. I don't want you to pray in the name of Jesus. You can pray, but you know, we're trying to make it all universal and we're trying to be inclusive. I would look at that person and tell them, I don't care how big the check is. Thank you for the invitation, but I can't do that today because if I can't pray in the name of Jesus... If I can't pray in the name of the one true door, I can't come. Because if I come, the door's coming with me. Because if I come, the Holy Ghost is coming with me. Amen. Let me break something off of you this morning. Let me be a little revelation to you in your week today. You haven't prayed until you've prayed in the name of Jesus. You haven't, you, you haven't walked through a door until you've walked through the door of Jesus Christ. You'll have no power until you go back to that door and call on his name. Understand this, that a person will not get us to revival. Understand this, that, that, that a denomination will not get us to revival. That an affiliation with someone famous or a big name will not get us to revival. Get this, uh, a, a president cannot get us to revival. But what happens when we get to revival is when we start calling on the mighty name of Jesus and we start believing and we go to the door and we knock, the word says that it shall be open for us. Is there anybody in the house this morning that still believes that he is the door and at just the mention of his name... The word says in verse 5 that he measured off 1,000 and it was a river that I could not cross for the water was too deep, water in which one must swim, a river that could not be crossed. Just a reminder, it's not, this isn't just poetry, poetry, but this is a prophetic word even for the church today. And this represents what started happening in the upper room. It started out ankle deep in that upper room where there were only 120 people that were gathered. It may have started in that upper room, but that river and that spirit, that same spirit is continuing to flow today. Amen. That river started flowing some 2,000 years ago, and it's still moving with people who want it. It's still flowing for the people who are hungry. And now it's estimated that over 300 million people will be gathered today. 300 million people that believe in the power of the Holy Spirit all across the world. And so often we hear about how church is dying. I just read an article that was released this week about all the dying churches in America and how Christianity is falling. We hear how the church is losing influence and the church is losing power. I want to tell you something today. Do not believe the lie of Satan. Do not believe the lie of enemy. Yes, the church that is just going through the motion, those churches are failing. Yes, those churches that are not open to a move, those churches will fail. Yes, the churches that's us for and no more, they are losing momentum. But the church that is operating and flowing in the Holy Spirit, it is starting to pick up steam. It is growing. It's, it's impacting those around them because the word says that wherever the river is flowing, that church is growing. 
Christianity is exploding in China. The Holy Spirit is being poured out in underground churches right now in China. The Spirit is breaking out in Central America. People are being saved and filled with the Holy Spirit. Why? Because wherever the river is, you are not dying, but you are living and growing. I don't know about you, but I want to be in that river this morning. I don't know about you, but I want to be right in the middle of that stream. Listen, I know there's a lot of people that like water but don't like to get wet. We went kayaking yesterday and I heard a kid say, I don't want to get wet. I thought, you're in the wrong place. I'm about to turn you over. There's a lot of people that want to see a move but don't want to do anything to foster the move. There's a lot of people that want a big church and all the programs, but you don't want to do anything to foster the programs. Ooh, that's what I thought it was going to go over like. <laughs> There's a lot of people that want to see it, but they don't want to get in it. It's like those crazy people that go to the ocean, but go to the pool instead. <laughs> you can come to my house if you want to get in the pool. I'll take your money and go to the beach. I don't understand you. I don't understand those people that, 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 that like going to the beach but just sitting in the sand. I don't understand those people. But there's a lot of people in the faith that like a moving service but don't want to get in it. They like a river that's flowing. They, they like to see the altars and they like to have a pastor on fire, but they can't even pray for their pastor during the week. There's a lot of people that won't want to see it, but they don't want to get in the water. I know there's a lot of people that want church to be predictable and nice three songs and, and a nice little message. And it, for it, it, it's just like a little place of rest. But let me tell you something. This, the season of the attraction church is over. The season where it's just about a building is over. Where it's just about where you come in and you're in, and, 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 and you want to be treated like you're at Chick-fil-A and you're just like a little consumer. It's my pleasure. And you like having an hour worth of just a service of worship and word. No time for altar. No time for prayer. Let me tell you something. That day is over because the hungry are hungry for something more. And it will not be satisfied until they get into that river. Guess what? COVID ruined that for the attractional church. All of a sudden, people were like, I don't even understand. And all of a sudden, those people who wanted more jumped ship and said, you know what? I want the power of the Holy Spirit. I want to be a church on fire. I, don't, I, 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 I want to be in a place that will not close their doors. I want to be in a place that's hungry. I want to be in a place that's out somewhere. I don't, I'm tired of this. I want more. And now the day of the attractional church is over. I want you to understand this, that a church standing only ankle deep in anointing cannot save a city neck, uh, neck deep in sin. A church standing only ankle deep in anointing cannot save a city neck deep in sin. That is why the church has got to go deeper in this hour. That's why you can not only want your church to go deeper, but you've got to go deeper in this hour. 
That's why you're not, you, you, you can not only want your pastor to be on fire, but you've got to be on fire. That's why sometimes, you, you've heard me say before that people come in like, Pastor, you, 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 you better have a word today. It ain't my fault you've not been in the word all week. You want me to be on fire so you don't have to be on fire. You want me to pray so you don't have to pray. You want me to fast so you don't have to fast. Those days are over. God is looking for a people that are hungry and thirsting, and he will pour it out on them. We've got to go deeper. I don't know about you, but I want to go places I've never been. I don't know about you, but I want to dream prophetic dreams and watch it come into fruition. I don't know about you, but I want to be awakened in the middle of the night by a voice of the Lord. I don't know about you, but I want to see things I've never seen before. I don't know about you, but I want to see people walk in here crippled and walk out of this place upright. Why? It only happens when the Spirit starts moving. You got to get in the deep waters. Verse 8 said, then he said to me, this water flows toward the eastern region and goes down into the valley and enters the sea. And when it reaches the sea, its waters are healed. Some versions, especially King James, it says that this water goes down into the desert. Understand this, that the desert that it is referring to is the Araba Desert, and its name describes it to a T. It means arid, barren, and dry. It is known as one of the driest places on planet Earth. And the word says that when this river, this, this presence of the Lord goes through the dry desert, the dead things start to come back to life. How many of you know somebody that's all dried up? Don't point. It's like nothing can move them. I don't care what evangelist is in here. They ain't smiling. They ain't raising a pinky. They ain't nodding. They just dry. Whenever dry people get into the river, it changes their life forever. The word says that this river of life flows all the way down through the desert and goes into the Dead Sea. And when it hits the Dead Sea, even the Dead Sea has to come to life. Understand this about the Dead Sea. If you know anything about the Dead Sea, you know that you cannot sink to the bottom of the Dead Sea. Uh, it, it is full of particles and minerals and salt. But there, I don't know if you know this one, there are some 37 tributaries of fresh water that is actually flowing into this Dead Sea every day. 37 sources of fresh water is flowing to it, but nothing is flowing out of it. It's got fresh water flowing in, but yet nothing fresh is flowing out. It's not moving. How many of you know, uh, have ever known someone that is like a dead sea? They've got good things flowing into them, but no good thing ever flows out of them. They've got people that are pumping encouragement into them, but no, nothing encouraging ever comes out of them. People are giving them things, but nothing good is ever coming out of them. They've got finances flowing in, but they never let their finances flow out into the kingdom. These type of people 
are Dead Sea people. They will take and they will take. They will milk you dry. They will call you and call you and call you. And they will take advantage of you. They will take and take and take. They will take your things. They will take your joy. They will take your peace. They will take your right frame of mind. They will take and take and take and take. Why? Because they have inflow, but they have no outflow. And so many churches are in this scenario today. God did not call the church to be a reservoir. I said God did not call the church to be a reservoir where he meets us on Sunday and pours out his spirit upon us and we're just like a bowl and we're just saying no we're not doing anything with this. We're not taking it to the streets. We're not opening up our doors. We're not going to do anything with this. He did not call us to be a reservoir. God has called the church to be like a river. Amen. And so many of us are wanting God to get something to us. God, get money to me. God, get that person to me. God, get that job to me. And God isn't wanting to get it to you. He's wanting to get it through you. He blesses you so you can bless others. God did not give you talents for your own pleasure. God did not give you talents to make you famous. He did not give you spiritual gifts so that you could go to sleep at night and feel good about your spiritual self. No, he gave you those things so he could not just flow to you, but so he could flow through you. And the church needs to start praying, Lord, make me a river. Lord, whatever you want to do, Lord, if you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. Lord, if you need anybody to flow through, flow through me today. Lord, I know you spoke to me today this Sunday morning. So tomorrow I'm going to go out and, sp and speak what you spoke to me to my neighbor. Lord, on Tuesday, Lord, I felt your presence in my prayer closet. So on Wednesday, I'm going out and telling everybody the goodness of you today. God is looking for a church not to be a reservoir, but he's wanting you, the church, to be a river. Why? So he can not only come and flow to you, but so he can flow through you. Verse 9 says, and it shall be that ever, every living thing that moves, wherever this river goes, it shall live. There will be a very great multitude of fish because these waters go there. For they will be healed and everything will live wherever this river goes. Did you catch that? It said that, Wherever this river goes, everything shall live. Are your finances dying? Get them in the river. Is your marriage dying? Get them in the river. Are your relationships dying? Get your relationships in the river. And like I told first service, listen, if that person you are in a relationship with, that person you are dating, if they don't want to get in the river with you, they're not the one for you. If you want something to live... Get it in the river. Verse 10 said, It shall be like fishermen that will stand by it from the Engedi to the Englaim. And they will be places for spreading their nets. Fishermen. And their fish will be of the same kinds as the fish 
of the great sea. So as many different types of fish that are in the sea, it said that's what they'll be catching, exceedingly many. It said that their fish will be of the same kinds of a great sea. In other words, there will be many kinds. Well, whenever, the, when, it, whenever the Spirit starts flowing, it draws all kinds of people. You want to get people to talk? I love it whenever a, a cloud of smoke goes over Rome, Georgia, and you got all these nosy people. What's that? What's that? What's that? Does anybody know what that cloud's about? Does anybody know what's on fire? Are you one of those people? It's amazing. Where there's smoke, there's fire. And fire draws people. Some will come run in and help. Some will just want to look. But it always draws people. And it said that whenever this spirit starts going, whenever the spirit starts moving, there will be all kinds of people. Talk about a harvest. You've got to understand this because this goes with the word that is found in the gospels when Jesus said, follow me and I will what? Make you fishers of men. This word says that when the river starts flowing, when the spirit starts rising and moving, when we allow his presence to flow on Sunday morning, he that that, that when the river starts moving and bringing in the harvest, that when the spirit is allowed to flow, there will be fishermen, fishermen, you and I, followers of Jesus Christ that will begin to cast their nets and there will be exceedingly many all kinds of people. I want you to understand this, that the river can't flow like it needs to around picky people. (laughs) The river cannot do its job and flow around snooty people. You ever been to a snooty church? It's rough. It's a, the river cannot function and flow like it wants to around arrogant people. It can't flow like it wants to around conceited people. In other words, it will not flow around those that only want their kind. (laughs) Some churches will never grow because they only want white people. Some churches will never grow because they only want black people. Some churches will never grow because, because you can't be on the board unless you've got the same last name as I do. It's funny, but it's serious. And now the river can't move like it wants to around people that only want their kind. I only want our social class in here. I only want my demographic. I only want my shade of skin. Listen, don't pray for more unless you're ready for the all kinds, exceedingly many kind of move of God. The word says that in the last days, I will Pour out my spirit. It is like this river. It is flowing. And it says that when this river starts flowing, guess what? It will reach men and women. Young and old. Rich and poor. Aren't you glad that this move, that this river is for everybody? Aren't you glad that anybody that desires it can jump into this river? Aren't you glad that the tall and the short can get in the river? Aren't you glad that the skinny and the not so skinny people can jump in the river? 
It's for everyone. I'm praying for a river to start moving in our city that messes some people up. I'm praying for a river that wrecks somebody's theology. Let me tell you something. The last day river will wreck a lot of people's theology. There'll be men and women prophesying. To prophesy means that you've heard from the Lord and you're speaking it out. Thank you. That will mess up a lot of people's theology. When women start speaking the word and hundreds of people start coming to the cross, it will mess up some theology when women get up and start preaching the gospel. It will mess up some theology when men and women, young and old, black and white, rich and poor, start can get in the same house and can put aside differences and just get around an altar and pray and the fire falls on the altar. It will mess up some theology. I'm praying that a river starts flowing. It just messes some people up. I was listening. I was telling first service. I was listening to a podcast with this famous guy, the spirit. He got in the river and it messed him up. This podcast was released this week and it was uh, Ed Stetzer is release, uh, is interviewing the world-renowned Max Lucado. If you're a Christian for any amount of time and you've ever been in a bookstore or online, you've probably seen his name. He's a best-selling author. He's a conference speaker. He's been on all the big platforms uh, in the church. He's, he's a pastor. And coming from his Church of Christ background, he was telling his story about his journey of him getting into the river, his journey of learning how to engage with the Holy Ghost. When he was pastoring a Church of Christ church, the denomination actually kicked him out because he decided he wanted instruments playing during church. And they kicked him out of the church. I can't imagine going to a church with no instruments. Ed, Ed Stetzer is interviewing him and talking to him. And he's... I felt that he was trying to get him to come out and say what his experience was. And finally, Max Lucado shared that he's currently 67 years old and he's been in this frame of mind and theology for almost all of this time. But at the age of 64, just three years ago, a verse came to him that he could not shake it became his daily prayer. And that verse was 1 Corinthians 14, 1, when it says, eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit. And he began to go through the gifts. I've got this and this and this. And something began to grow in him. And he began to say, I want all of the gifts. If God has a gift for me, I want it. If I had a gift with your name on it, wouldn't you want to get inside of that gift? He said, he said, God has a gift for me, and I want every gift that he has. 
And he mentioned how he'd been to all the conferences and how he had practiced everything that he had been, uh, uh, been, been, been teaching and selling out there, uh, ch- uh, church growth and personal growth models. He was part of the seeker-sensitive movement. He's been part of the attractional church movement. And he comes to the realization in the latter years of his life when he's been through all of these things and stood in front of hundreds of thousands of people and he came to the realization that these models are no longer working. He came to the realization that everything I thought was working in building the church really is not working anymore. I believe that day, that moment, that the Spirit took Max Licato back to the door of the temple. I think he took him back to where he first believed. I think he took him back and he started seeing water flowing out of the church. And as this verse started growing in his spirit, one morning at the ripe age of 64 years old, he was he was out back and he was praying and he began to pray in the Holy Ghost. He began to pray in an unknown tongue and it wrecked his the theology. It wrecked his playbook. It wrecked his growth plan. He got deeper into a river that he was just standing in. Then he got deeper into the water. His story has been on Facebook this week and people are ripping him apart. People that used to follow him said, oh God, what has gotten into him? Let me tell you something today. When you get in the river of the Spirit, you'll surprise a lot of people. And whenever you get in the river of the Spirit, you'll be surprised by a lot of people. You'll be surprised at who jumps in with you and who stays out. You'll be surprised that when the river starts flowing on a Sunday morning, who walks through those doors and marches themselves to an altar. You'll be shocked at the drug addict that you said he will never be saved. They will come clean. You'll be shocked when you see the prostitute who was out all last night lay herself on the altar and her body be restored. You will be surprised who comes clean. You'll be shocked who gets delivered. You'll be surprised what God can do. I don't know about you but I'm ready to be astounded. I don't know about you but I'm ready to be amazed. I don't know about you but I'm ready to be just left dumbfounded in the spirit. The key is the river of God. Man, help me out. I don't know about you, but I want to be a river. I don't want to be just ankle deep. I don't want to be one of those ankle deep churches. I don't want to be one of those ankle deep Christians. Ankle deepers, they're those people that are like tiptoeing through the church tulips. It's like a wading pool. I'm in it. It's just enough to cool you down. It's just enough to say that you got wet. It's just enough to say you got in. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be an ankle deep Christian. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be a knee deep Christian. Knees, the the knee is the area that moves your legs and causes you to walk. It helps you move. Knee deep Christians, uh, knee deep river people, they are those people that move from river to river. Whatever's flowing fastest, whatever's 
the cleanest, whatever's the prettiest, that's where I want to be. They never settle down into a river. They, 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 they are always jumping from fire to fire. The grass is always greener somewhere else. And if the grass is greener, that's where I'm going to go. They are fire chasers, always looking for the next prophet that's coming to town, always looking for the next spiritual fad. They are fire chasers. You want to know why they are chasing fires? Because they can't build a fire and keep it for themselves. They want somebody else to build the fire. Knee-deep Christians are those people that they love a fire. They love it when the music's hot. They love it when the, uh, when the sermon's on fire. They love a church that's growing. They love to walk up on a fire that they did not have to build. They love, they love to walk up on a fire that they didn't have to pray for, that they didn't have to pray through, that they didn't have to serve with, that they didn't have to give, that they didn't have to fast for. They love it. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be just up to my knees. Amen? I also don't want to be up to my waist. Waist deep. Waist deep, Christians. It's one of the most dangerous places you can be. The waist is the center point of the body. It's the halfway mark. And a lot of people that are waist deep, they will get attention from other people because people walking by, they say, look how far they are out in the water. Look how, man, they are spiritual. They go to church and they, they can quote scripture and they got all the looks down and they know how to shout. They know how to hold their back. They know how to let it go on a Sunday morning. Look at them. But guess what? Those people that are just halfway there, you hang out with halfway waist-deep Christians long enough and you realize that they're actually half dry. You realize that they're really not all there. Some of them are just all talk. The Bible talks about this person in Revelation 3.16 when it says, because you are lukewarm, because you are not in or out, because you are half wet and half dry. He said, I want to spew you out of my mouth. God is speaking to a church today and he's telling you, you need to get fully submerged in the river today. The reason you can't find anybody because you've not been fully in the river yet. You are looking in the wrong places. The reason you can't find a successful job because you've not been fully submerged yet and God is looking for a church. He's looking for a people that's not only halfway in, but they're not afraid to go all the way into the spirit. Can anybody say amen this morning? I don't want to be that person. I want to be fully in the river. Come on, stand with me this morning. I don't know about you. I want to be fully submerged in his presence. I don't know about you. I want it to be so full. It's like you got to swim out of here on a Sunday morning. Can you imagine us walking out of here and it's like we were swimming down the road? Can you imagine what the Methodist church next door would say? They already think I'm a freak. Might as well confirm it. It's just like you're just floating in the Holy Ghost, just backstroking in His presence. service and yesterday we went kayaking and sometimes the, the water level was low 
and it's no fun being in a kayak and your tail is dragging the bottom. Just boom, boom, boom. And one person would get stuck. Here come the next person. Crash into them, they'd get stuck. They were, they were, they were, they were getting stuck on these rocks because there was not enough water. And then when you go around, you try to get somebody else out, it's just annoying, it's frustrating. But listen, if the water level had been high enough, we would not be dragging the bottom. We would not be dragging our tails if the water was high enough. And the things that so easily beset us would not have been able to grab hold of us if the water level was high enough. And the reason some of you keep falling into temptation is because you're just ankle deep in it. You want to know why you keep falling into, into temptation? It's because you are just knee deep. You're just waist deep. And you are dragging your tail in the spirit. And God is calling a church saying, pick up your feet and march. I made you an army. Get in the river. He's calling you. I want it to be so full. It's like I can't even touch the bottom. I hate having good church on Sunday and being exhausted on Monday. I hate having great church on Sunday and by Tuesday you're cussing up a storm again. Don't look at your neighbor. I'm talking about you. I hate getting victory on Sunday and by Friday you back up in the club. God is calling an army forth for such a time as this. But you gotta get in the river. You gotta. I don't know about you, but every time I walk by somebody, I want them to get wet in the spirit. Even those people like, I don't want to get wet. I'm coming for you. Those people like, I don't want to mess my hair up. I pray you get slain in the Holy Ghost and you cry off your makeup and you look like a dirty old fool up here. Oh, I don't know about you. I'm tired of seeing cute Christians walk in and walk out cute. God is calling a church to get down in the trenches and get dirty in the spirit and say, Lord, I'll lay myself out before you. I don't care what the church says across the street. I don't care what anybody says. I just want the Holy Ghost. I just want your fire. I just want your spirit. Come on, would you raise